Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. So before we get started today, I would like to ask you, are you that person who's been struggling to move with confidence and alleviate back pain? If you're feeling frustrated and overwhelmed, then make sure that you check out the link in the show notes where you can download your free tips to help you live pain-free. And with that, I would like to welcome our next guest to the show. Hi. Hi, this is Teresa from the T3 Fit Scoliosis Podcast. I would like to welcome today Beth Sanfilippo. I hope I'm correct. Saying her name, her last name correctly. Uh, Beth and I have connected through a previous podcast with Eva Butterly, and she's here today to talk about her journey with scoliosis as an adult and having surgery as an adult. She's gonna tell us her journey from beginning to pre to current. Best, I'd like to welcome you to the show whenever you're ready. Thank you, thank you um, for inviting me to do this. Um, so I'll just start with you know wh- where it all began for me. Um, I wanna say I was 15 years old and I had a female cousin who had um, many different physical issues and I can't even remember the name of her main problem but it was she was like confined to a wheelchair couldn't talk um that you know very disabled and she was my age and she had been diagnosed with scoliosis and this was probably about 1980 and so my aunt tells my mom you know and have the girls checked because it runs in you know in the family it's genetic so at the same time, we had just moved and changed schools and the school, school nurse did a scoliosis check on everybody. Well, guess what? I, I, I failed um, or passed. I'm not sure which way that goes. Um, uh, but we found out then that I had scoliosis and I was 15 years old. And at the time, it's like, I don't know what that is. Um, never heard of it before. And my so my parents, I don't know if it was through, I don't know how they found out about it, but they went to, they took me to a place called Crippled Children's Clinic. And I believe I've tried to do a little bit of research on them now, because right now I'm like, who would call it? That's an intense name. That's a heavy that name. That seems not very politically correct. Um, <laughs> but it was, I believe that it was sponsored by Shriners. Okay. Um, and I mean, we're talking, it started back in the 30s and 40s. So, you know, that's just where it came from. Um, but at that time, um, you could bring, you know, kids could come and you would get x-rays and checkups and whatever, whatever your issue was. And so every year I would go and I would get an x-ray done and they would look at the x-ray and measure my curve. And I was told that um, I was too old to be braced, um, that I was done growing. And um, so there was nothing really they could do. 
My curve at that time was around 33 degrees, not bad enough for surgery. Um, and that was that. And then I got to be too old to go, you know, and I, I have to say that I had some um, kind of negative experiences when my, <laughs> my parents let me go by myself. So I was probably about 17. Okay. Um, so my mom's not there. Right. And so now I'm asking questions I want to know about. And the nurse there, let's just say she probably was misinformed and, or just didn't know enough about the condition to answer questions correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, they were telling me that I could, cause I was asking her about the surgery. I was really was like, what, what about this surgery that's right. there? And she's like, well, you know, you'll be in a body cast for a month, which it was true. Um, that's how they did it then. Mm -hmm. And, um, you'll be in a body cast for a month and, you know, and after in no contact sports. And I'm like, well, okay. I'm not a football player. Okay. I'm not going to be doing contact sports. And I'm kind of like, well, what about, and you know, I was 17. So you know, what was uppermost on my mind was boys and the potential of sex. And I wanted to know about that. And she's like, oh no. Yeah. That's probably going to be out of the question. Makes you want to have do everything. <laughs> yeah. So I was, you know, as a 17 year old, what do I do? I just break down in tears because yeah. that's what I, I did. So, um, I mean, as a 55 year old, that's what I would do <laughs> because that was like my main focus at yeah. the time. It's like, you know, okay. So I get the surgery and, uh, you know, who's going to want to date somebody in a body cast or with this big scar. And then, you know, if I, oh, so it was just horrible. So I'm like, thankfully I got too old to go to triple children's clinic. You're like, check that off. I'm done. Yeah. And so I want to say, I probably, I remember seeing one other doctor, um, like in St. Louis at the time we lived in Southern Illinois, um, looked at my curve. He said, you're doing great. You're not getting any worse. Um, his advice was don't gain weight and stay physically active. And okay. at the time I wasn't, I've never been an athlete. Let me tell you, I'm the biggest klutz in the world. I'm slow. Um, I've lost every race I've ever ran. Um, I, I'm not an athlete. I have no eye-hand coordination. Okay. I'm terrible. So, you know, for me, I was doing, you know, for me to do be active, I was at the time kind of dabbling with running and I was terrible at it. Um, but I don't know if you remember back in the day, it was the 20 minute workout. It was on TV. And I it don't, was a yeah. workout. And what they would do is during commercial breaks, they would have you like jog in place until they came back on. These I don't like, remember. <laughs> it was like, you would do these aerobics, you Just know, on TV. And because this was way, wait, this was yeah. like, so, so it was, yeah, just to keep moving. Yeah. And so it, that's what I would do. And I, you know, and the doctor's like, yeah, you're in, you're in good shape and stay that way. I'm like, okay. So from probably 1983, about the time I graduated high school until I want to say sometime in the 2000s. Okay. Didn't really think about it. Didn't think there about was, it. There was nothing that your body said, hey, wake up. You've got well, this or like, maybe. were you in any pain or? Oh yeah. But I didn't think it, I had, I never attributed it to scoliosis. Okay. Um, I mean, doesn't everybody have back pain? I don't, I assumed they did. I'd be in college and like, I would be like so stiff and sore. And it was 
my neurosurgeon now says, oh, that's the curve pain. That's the pain caused by your curve. Mm -hmm. And then there was, I had other pain that was caused by some spinal stenosis, but he's like, so I was having curve pain, but I didn't know. It wasn't associated with the curve. I I just assumed everybody had back pain. Um, So I've had back pain my entire life and just figured that was normal. Okay. Um, When you... I'd like to backtrack just for a second. When you were diagnosed, nobody discussed physical therapy to, no. with the, okay. No, there was no discussion of physical therapy or I've seen, is it called the trough? trough. Never heard of it. Um, a lot of that now I'm like, dang, I wish I would have had that when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. None of it. It was yeah. just um, either it, your curve was bad enough for surgery. You got a brace or you did nothing. Okay. I fell into the do nothing category. So I really, the only time I really thought about it was, um, and my weight has kind of okay. throughout my life. And so when I, when I'm thinner, um, it's really evident that I had a curve okay. I mean, you could see it. And I, so that was really the only time I thought about it, it was like, you know, if I was wearing like a sheath dress and I'm like, whoop, you know, I'm like right. a little sideways. Um, Oh, I had this dress. I loved it. It had a zipper down the back and it kind of, <laughs> but other than that, it's like, I really didn't give it a second thought unless I was looking at my back. And I, I mean, I figured everybody has pain, right? Um, when we, in 2012, mm-hmm. I took a tumble down the stairs. Um, late at night, I woke up I'm in my B-52s concert t-shirt and my underwear and I smell smoke and I'm like, and my husband was not home. So I'm coming down the stairs and the wooden stairs and I just boom, 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 boom. Well, my kid, one of my older sons uh, was, had a bunch of people over and they had pizza in the oven. That's okay. what, so my poor son, he comes, and now I'm like all disoriented, has to come pick his mom up off the stairs before his friends see her in her underwear, get her back up and, um, the pain from that did not go away. I could not heal. I just, it was like a month or so. And I'm like, this is not getting any better. My back is really hurting. So I went to a chiropractor and I have to say that through all of the, I, before that though, you know what, there was one other time the pain was really bad and I went to an orthopedic. Mm-hmm. You'll love this. Um, took x-rays and the nurse comes in and she was like appalled at my curve and was talking surgery, the orthopedic came in and he said, quote, I have patients with real problems. And he's like, you're fine. My mouth is dropping to the floor. So um, since this wasn't obviously a real problem, and that was probably in the early 2000s, because I think I was wearing a denim jumper and that's how I know what decade it was (laughs) based on what I was wearing. So I'm kind of like, that was embarrassing. Wow. That was so embarrassing. I, um, so that really kind of kept me from even seeing a doctor about it because it's not real. So I, um, fell down the stairs in 2012, uh, did go to a chiropractor because I'd been part of a networking group and you know it's like you meet one person it's like oh well I'll go there because I met his wife or whatever right so I went he looks at the x-rays and my curve had not progressed he really thought it was probably it was really around the the low 30s still so I'm like good news um 
and he was probably the second chiropractor I'd seen along the way. And the first one actually said, he's like, I can't believe that you got pregnant because of where my curve was. It was supposedly affected my reproductive organs. I'm like, well, I did. Um, <laughs> and he's like, and I can't believe that, you know, two of them came out vaginally. So I'm like, well, they did. What, what can I tell you? Yeah. Um, I didn't know any better. I did know that my, I, when I, I had a C-section with my first one and I know that the epidural did not flow right because of my curve. Okay. They had a really difficult time getting the epidural in and then it didn't really work. They're like poking around. Can you feel this? Can you feel this? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, oh, <laughs> stop. So I had to have the general anesthesia. Okay. The mystery and the magic of science. I know. With so, or anything. There was like no way that I was going to be going in there feeling anything. Um, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, I feel it. So, um, I got put out for the, that, and then I had two more babies and they were V-backs, they were vaginal. So nobody told me I couldn't do it. And you, and everything was, I'm going to say again, in air quotes, like fine. Yeah. You know, they don't have scoliosis. They don't have any I back. I think, um, I have three sons and I believe that my middle one probably does. Okay. Um, somebody twice now, somebody has mentioned something that he might, and when they were all home, they all came home to see me the week before surgery. And so I'm like, okay, everybody bend over. I mean, these are men now, young men, they're all bending over for me. And I could see the difference in his, um, silhouette or what. Okay. Yeah. The, the ribs, the hum. A mm -hmm, mm -hmm. little bit. And, but I don't think that it's much of anything. Okay. So many other issues that um, that's minor. Okay. Okay. So 2012, I go to chiropractor curve hasn't changed much, um, but I started getting regular adjustments and then massage therapy. And I'll tell you what, it helped me tremendously. I, he gave me like this kind of a core brace to wear for when I walked and he, um, I want to say the regular, and by regular, I mean like monthly, I would go for a massage and an adjustment. And I tell it, it was great. I was able to walk for the first time without tremendous pain. Um, cause walking was always difficult. Okay. Um, and I think in 2010, I tried to do a 5k for the first time ever. Oh, it was excruciating. It goes right up the side of my, the right side of my spine and oh, it was awful. So I didn't do that. And then 12, um, now I'm walking, things are doing, looking up. I've started doing Pilates. Um, that helped a lot, really helped with my core strength. Was and it Matt Pilates or reformer or, or all of it? Matt Pilates? Just Matt. Okay. And then, um, in 2013, <laughs> my uh, girlfriend and, oh, and I over a bottle of wine, actually they made the decision and I was just like, it was peer pressure said, let's run the Chicago Marathon. And I'm like, just sitting there, like, I'm not saying anything because I don't run. I'm, I'm not a runner. I'm, you know, not my thing. But then I'm like, well, if they're going to do it, I want to do it. I don't want to be left out. So in my mind, I'm thinking, if I just, I'll go to the, the fitness center, if I get on the treadmill, if I can just get up to whatever the beginning, beginning of the training is, then mm -hmm. I'll put them. Well, they caught me in the fitness center doing that. And so then I was committed because now they knew. And uh, so let's see, I started running in January and in October ran the Chicago Marathon. Um, 
that wasn't real smart. <laughs> I do not advise that. I was going to say, you're a courageous soul. Um, no, I think I'm just ignorant. Um, <laughs> here's the thing, unless you, I, well, and even if you tell me, and I even had that chiropractor tell me, no, no running. And I'm like, I'll show you. Um, you didn't, you didn't let your ego go. So yeah, anyway, um, I did that. It, it hurt. I, I ended up doing physical therapy for my knee after that. It was terrible. Okay. Um, but my back didn't hurt. So it was just my knees. Uh, um, so anyway, then I kind of, you know, we got addicted to doing races. It's not that I loved running, but I really loved races. Okay. So over the next several years, um, I started doing half marathons. And you loved the competition of it or I just the, comp the competition against others or the competition within yourself? Within myself, because there's no way I can compete against anybody else. Um, but also the, the camaraderie of runners, the whole like, I'm a runner, maybe okay. somebody. Um, and then the whole like, I don't know if you've been to a race, but the atmosphere, oh my gosh, this is exciting. I've seen it with bicycle racing. It, Which I, it, yeah, I mean, I, that aspect of it I've seen, but I've never gone to a marathon. It's amazing. So I, that was, um, I loved doing that. And so I think in 2019, I did back-to-back -back, um, halves in uh, September around Labor Day. And I had one scheduled for the following January. And for whatever reason, it just wasn't working anymore. The pain was astronomical. I couldn't get through training. Like I used to, I used to be able to push through it. Couldn't mm -hmm. push through the pain anymore. Um, it was just awful. And I, um, so I finally decided, you know what? It's gotta be the running. The running is what's doing it. I'm sure it's making everything worse. And I, I was considering scoliosis now. And it's like, it's probably making my curve worse. I don't know. And I, but I still had one on the books. You know, if you pay for it, you got to do it, right? So I flew, and it was a, it was special because my oldest son, who lives in Oregon now, mm -hmm. um, was also running, and so we were had planned this was going to be his first half marathon. And so we were we both flew into Austin, Texas, in January, and I had already decided this is my last. I'm going to quit, which was a very emotional. Everything is emotional for me. Um, difficult decision, but mm -hmm. I. Um, so it was his first, my last, but it was just my mom and son weekend. We ate so much barbecue. I thought it was going to die. It was so full, but he loves barbecue. And we just, we had a ball. We okay. had a great weekend. Um, I, I remember coming down the last stretch of that race. And that's when you really, it's like, I was doing run, walk intervals. And I mm -hmm. was like, I am, I am not walking anymore. I'm running and I'm, I'm, you know, I am so excited. And all I could think of heading into the finish line was now I'm going to, I can start healing. Now I'm going to start healing and my back is going to be good and it's going to be strong and there's going to be no more pain. Wow. So I, I get there, we get done, um, go back to the hotel and iced for a little while, took showers. We're going to go out to brunch. And I remember leaving the hotel and I stepped off a curb and kind of like unexpectedly and it sent an electrical shock up my back like I've never felt before. And it okay. scared the living daylights out of me. I was just like, no more running. If I needed a sign, 
that's my sign right there. Okay. So um, I spent most of 2020 doing my core work, um, strengthening. I walking was still was very difficult. Now I still couldn't walk. Um, I had a lot of curb pain. Mm -hmm. um, the pain just didn't get better. It just kept, and I was doing my Pilates and I was doing stretching and yeah, and I have foam rollers, like you wouldn't believe. Right. And I'm rolling and it was just like, I couldn't stretch enough. And it was, everything felt good. You know, like I do Pilates, it's like, oh, that felt really good. 10 minutes later. You're yeah. back to where you yeah. were. Uh -huh. <laughs> so um, I can't remember, I came to a breaking point and I was like, I have got to do something. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to call a surgeon let them tell me again that it's not real and so i was folding laundry and it was like i couldn't even like do housework i i, I was getting to the point where i just couldn't do anything and um so i call um i was folding laundry and there happened mm -hmm. to be like this towel and it was from north shore spinal institute which is where i ended up going and it was one of those free giveaways that you get at the races right so it had been given to me at one of my races and it was for the spinal institute. And I'm like, oh, well, my husband goes to this same like North Shore practice. He has Parkinson's mm -hmm. disease. And so, um, and he's had good experience with the practice. So I called, made an appointment and um, met my, my doctor that I have there. My surgeon is, um, he specializes only in scoliosis. Mm -hmm. He does probably three surgeries a week. Um, he's also the chief of staff at Shriners Hospital um here in Chicago and so he does he does it and I mean any special in this practice he specialized it in adults okay because I knew um I'm not the typical candidate for surgery I'm 55 years old and um I know that my bones are not in the same condition as a 13 year old yeah um but so that's why I wanted to and I was just happy that they had somebody on staff who deals with adult scoliosis. Um, so I went to see Dr. Gupta. And you know what, this is what's funny because now in the era of COVID, I've never seen his face. Not even in having He's a telehealth. Always, no, no, we've always did face-to-face -face, um, visits. And so we've only ever had, well, he's seen mine now because in the hospital. He's only ever had a mask on. So isn't that just kind welcome, of welcome welcome to the world of covid yeah yeah but i'll tell you what he his personality was such too that he really calmed me he had a very calming influence he's um, the opposite of me um where he's patient and he's quiet and he, it's it sounds like he's a doctor an orthopedic that listens he did and he he picked up on my personality trait which is mm -hmm. probably why i'm stuck in this race um, probably knowing that I would probably push it. He probably, he knew, you know, I, I said, I mentioned, and this was in the hospital, I mentioned that I'm, I'm type A and he's like, no kidding. And I'm like, is it really that evident? <laughs> you know, so I, um, yeah. So you he's did like, this, you did the surgery. And so how you're, how fused are you? Um, I am fused from T8 to S1. Okay. And how long did your surgery take and how long were you in the hospital given the situation of COVID? I want to say it was about a seven hour surgery. Okay. 
Um, and I, let's see, I checked in on Monday, had surgery Monday, and I left on Friday. Wow. So five days. Okay. Okay. Um, I am, I think that I did very well. He said the surgery was successful. He also, at the same time, did a lumbar laminectomy. A lot of the severe pain I was experiencing was from um, disc degeneration, okay. which allowed my, my vertebrae, lumbar vertebrae to flip more, causing my curve to get worse. And it was compressing my spinal cord. Okay. So do you, when you fell, well, he probably couldn't give you this answer, but that time when you fell with the oven smoking. I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think okay. it was more from, I got hit by a car last summer. Okay. I missed, I skipped that part. Uh, when I gave up running, I took up cycling. Okay. And so last summer I'm, you know, on a bike and I'm like, I, I think I was trying to do like a little ride before we were going on vacation that day. And um, I was in, on a trail, but it had a crosswalk and subdivision lady didn't stop at the sign and hit me with her car. And that's when you're back. Well, you had the pizza situation with the oven falling down the stairs and then this, and then it just- I wanna say that things went dramatically downhill after that. Now it was headed that way to begin with. Okay. Um, I've talked to my surgeon about it. He said, do you think that had anything to do with it? He's like, uh, yeah. Um, he, I, things were already headed in a bad direction. Mm -hmm. I was not getting better like I thought I would. Um, I do have to say though, that being on a bike was like one of the only times ever that I didn't experience pain. Interesting. When I got off the bike, it would hurt again. But while I was on the bike, oh yeah, you've got that like exertion and your thighs kind of burn, but right. it wasn't the pain that it was just, it was like good pain. And I was just like, it was just so freeing. It was like, I can move and not hurt. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, he said that he did believe that the car accident, um, probably just kind of pushed me over the cliff. I was going there anyway. Okay. But it was, it made it worse. So that's, I think that's probably the trigger thing that everything just got worse. Okay. So yeah, sorry, I forgot about that little incident. Um, There's the, tell the story as you wish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, I got hit by car last summer and I still actually, I still have scar tissue. I had a hematoma on the side of my leg. It was unbelievable. It was huge. So yeah, I had the surgery on a Monday, came home on a Friday. I, um, the pain that I was having from the spinal stenosis is gone. Um, Amazing. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah, I had, there was a lot of post-surgery pain okay. um, the first couple weeks, but I have to say that now I'm like, four times a day, I go out and walk like a half a mile and um, nothing like I had before. Can you share a little bit about your pain? Cause I know you and I have spoken about just the stages of right before your surgery to right after your surgery. Can you share a little bit of that uh, with the audience today? Sure, I am, you know what, and I, because I have a tendency to forget just how bad things were. And um, so I was kind of, um, I, I, I documented it. You know, I go and walk our block and back and then yeah. what, what's my pain level? And I want to say it was like at an eight. And we're talking less than a quarter mile and I would get an eight. And it was just across my hips, down my leg, up my back. It was mm -hmm. all over. And I was like, I used to run. I used to, I could run 
10 miles on a Saturday morning, come home and clean the house and buy groceries. Mm-hmm. And I, that was just a few years ago. And it's like, how did I get here? And um, it was just, I was at a level where, or at a point where I would, Saturday morning, I could go start a load of laundry, go lay down, unload the dishwasher, go lay down, um, clean the bathroom, lay down for even longer. Um, because that was the only thing that would kind of alleviate the pain. I'd have to lay down. Okay. Um, so that's where I was at. Um, I walked a quarter mile in. I, I was just like, oh, give me an ice pack. I got to lay down. I, you know, whatever. Right. So now, um, and I am 23 days post-op. So three weeks and some days. And I can do a half a mile. No problem. I could probably go farther. This is, um, this is one of the things that I love about your story, because as I said, you and I have spoken and just yeah. about the stages right after the surgery right. and, and you are documenting it, whether it's, you know, just up in your brain or writing it right. out or, you know, walking a quarter of a mile, you're documenting it so that when you look back, right. you're well, like, and my hope is that someday I could help somebody else. My mother, who I've not always had the best relationship with, stayed with me for the, through the surgery and she just left yesterday. So almost three weeks. And, um, just what a great time that was Yeah, to spend that much time alone with my mother um, was probably better than the physical thing she actually did for me. You got to know her in a different way. Yes. And I think that I could probably write about that and incorporate that somehow. Um, but just, just a lot of the things that I've been through, I think um, I'm hoping someday can be used to help somebody else. Well, you're on this podcast right now and hopefully somebody listening yeah. is saying, hey, I'm 55. Mm-hmm. I need to have surgery. I'm going to use Beth as my example to move forward, which leads me to my next question. What was the, how did you find, I'm going to say the click in your brain to go from, okay, I used to be able to run to now this is what I'm doing. Like, how did you come to accept that or to realize it and take ownership of it? What was the changing moment for you? Well, I, I had to look at what the alternative was. If I don't do this, okay, first of all, I realized there are no guarantees with surgery. Um, my surgeon even said, I, he said, I can fix this pain, this mm-hmm. diagnosis, the curve pain. He's like, he said 50%. He didn't even give me that great of odds. Okay. But I'm like, okay, 50% is really better than 0%. And I knew that if I didn't have the surgery, that my future kind of looked, I was just trying to look like, what's the future look like? The future looks like me in a recliner with pain pills. And I didn't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many things out there to do. There's so many things I want to do and so many places to see and time to spend with people. And I don't want to be that person popped up on pain meds on disability in a recliner. And that's all I could see for my future. Okay. I was having a hard time. I, I sit at a desk all day for work and, um, up until the surgery, that was my most comfortable position. And it was getting to be, I'm just like squirming around. It's right. like, I could hardly get through the day. Um, and then there'd be times when I would be propped up in a Zoom meeting, you know, board meeting or something with like heat packs all over me because I couldn't stand the pain. I didn't want it. 
I looked at that as my future and I'm like, I've done everything. And this is probably what's held me back the longest because I thought I had control. I thought I could do something. I thought maybe I just needed to do the right form of yoga. You know, right. if I just took the right supplements, if I just did, you know, if I did this more, if I did the right stretches to make it all better, it would make it all better. I really thought that I had control of my health and, um, it didn't because there were factors at play that I didn't even know about. So there's a part of you that surrendered to it. I finally said, you know what? I don't have control of this and I can't do it, which is still kind of hard for me to comprehend because I like to think that I can fix everything. And so, um, I finally gave up that notion. I looked into surgery and I'm like, okay, 50% is better than 0%. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't do it, I am most certainly going to end up in a, in a recliner or in a bed. And I mean, even sleeping hurt. I couldn't, I, I think this morning I told my husband, this is the first time I like, I was in bed and I wanted to stay in bed because it was comfortable. Okay. You know, and it's like, oh, and I know I'm still on pain meds. I still am, but um, this was, I was just like, wow, this is great. But your pain level is much less than it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now I still have discomfort. This brace is not fun. Um, I, re- I really think when I get this brace off, it's, I'm going to be like a new woman. Talk a little bit about that. You're, so you had the surgery and now Dr. Lupa? Gupta. Gupta, excuse me, who I just want to, I, I need to throw this in there because I think it's such valuable information. It sounds like he was an orthopedic that, as you said, was calming and he could give you the information without scaring you. He did. Well, and he even, well, he, he tried to scare me. I think he gave me worst case scenario. He's but, like, but, it, but you've it, got to realize you've got a lot of life ahead of you and you're going to have to learn how to do everything differently. But it sounds like he put the positive and the optimistic in it mm-hmm. with instead of saying, you know, something of, okay, this is your pain. There's no guarantee. And this is how you're going to be for the rest of your life. And that's it. Mm-hmm. He gave, he no. gave you opportunities to he open he your said, mind. Here's your option. He's like, and he's like, just so you know, this is what I do. So this is the only, he wasn't recommending physical therapy. I mean, he asked me about physical therapy, which mm-hmm. I had done, um, he didn't ask me about, I mean, he, he didn't recommend um, any other therapies because he's like, this is what I do, right? This is my job. Um, he's like, but I'm not going to push it on you. If you want to do this and you have to tell me. And I just looked at him and I said, when can we do it? Because I was like, by the time I got to his office, I was ready. And I thought, okay. of course, I thought I was ready, but you know, <laughs> then I learned how much I didn't know. But he gave you ultimately the control of your situation, of your own destiny. Yeah, yeah. He's like, if you want to do it, I'm game. And this is where, what we can do with it. So okay. um, I think he also told me, he's like, I don't think I can get you 100% straight. He showed me a picture of, um, he had done surgery on a woman who was 75. That's amazing. I know. He said he's gone as old as like, I think 80 something. Um, so that's why I'm like, Oh, well, dang, if you can, 75 year old, Hey, I'm young. Yeah, yeah. So, um, he showed me her x-rays because it was going to be a similar fusion. Okay. And he said, and I'm like her before and after, and I'm like, she's straight. You can get me straight. And he's like, Oh, I don't think I'm going to. And he really undersold himself and over, he under promised over produced. Okay. 
And so when I saw the x-rays afterwards, I was like, I was, I could have cried. I'm, I'm straight. Wow. Um, I didn't get any taller. I don't know how that happened, but. <laughs> but so you had the surgery and now you have to wear a brace. I do have to wear a brace. And it, I do believe he said that he um, takes a very conservative approach. Um, no bending, lifting or twisting. Okay. Um, and I think he probably, and I honestly, I have to say there are times when I'm glad that I, I will not try to put socks on until I have my brace on because I know that I'm going to yeah. twist around and I, sh I shouldn't. I need to be careful. I don't want anything to break or come undone. Um, so he, I think he probably, even if he doesn't automatically brace everybody, he probably saw that in me that we have to hold her back a little. And how long do you have to wear the brace? 24 hours a day and- Anytime I'm not in bed. Or okay. In okay. So I don't have to sleep in it, thank goodness. Um, yeah, and so like, you know, I get to where I'm just weary of the brace. I, I take it off and take a nap. I lay down and scroll Facebook. Okay. Um, and, in, and I'm also only, when I lay down, only in bed, not on a couch. I, I don't know if I could get off the couch right now. Um, <laughs> so turn I- up, Turn on your side and push yourself up. Yeah, well, there's like, and I know I've, you know, the log roll thing and I constantly, I'm like, okay, keep my shoulders and my hips together, you know. Um, it comes with time. I, hmm? It comes with time. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, I still think about it consciously. I'm sure someday it'll just be automatic, yeah. but. You're still um, in a new body. Mm -hmm. But I, um, yeah, the brace does give me a little bit of, uh, I, as much as I hate it, <laughs> um, I also feel a little more confident with it that I'm probably not going to damage anything, you know, just because I'm trying to, uh, today, oh, this was exciting this morning. I put on uh, running shoes and tied them. I, I come downstairs, I, cause I'm going to go for my walking. I showed my husband, I said, look, look, look what I did. <laughs> and he's like, he's like so confused. And I'm like, I tied my shoes. Just buy the box. And I'm like, I'll tell you what. I think I wrote in my journal, sweet baby Jesus, the relief. <laughs> it was just like, oh. So we did that for four days and then I started going on my own. Okay. See, I think, fine. yeah, I think that that's really about because it's something that we don't talk about, you know? Oh, no. And you know what? I, I highly, I remember when I had my surgery, you know, and I was just at puberty, I, and I started getting my period and like to do that, to put a pad on oh. was like, how do you do that? You go yes. from bending to, you know, how do you do that? And nobody talked about it. Well, you know what? I thank goodness I didn't have to deal with that. Okay. So yeah, I don't have to deal with that. Um, I did, I did get some occupational therapy in the hospital. Um, For how long? Just, it was like two days they came in and I think it was more um, like self-care, like brushing my hair, brushing my teeth. I had to learn how to use a cup to brush my teeth because I can't like right. spit. Yeah, so you spit um, in the cup. I'm not a professional spitter. So um, <laughs> I just use a cup now and that works better. Um, what else did they, oh, they were, physical therapy came in twice and they had me doing things like um, walking. 
which I hate to say it, but I had to like concentrate on heel toe, heel toe, rather than just shuffle. Yeah. Um, they did have me do stairs at the hospital. They took me to the end of the hallway, you know, and it's like the fire escape and not, not outside fire escape. Right. You know, it was the stairs and um, they said, how many stairs do you have in your house? And I said, well, the longest staircase is eight, the split mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. So, okay, up eight stairs. And then, you know, which side is your railing on? And so that's what we practiced. Um, I don't remember much else with physical therapy. Oh, they taught me how to, to roll out of bed. Okay. And, and since coming home and since having the surgery, how does your body feel overall? Um, I would say other than the brace um, irritations from the brace and that kind of discomfort, I feel really good. Um, I can walk without pain or at least without the pain I had before. Mm -hmm. um, I'm having to learn to do everything differently, but that's just, you know, it's like, well, what else are you going to do when you're off work and, you know, recovering? It's like, well, what am I going to do today? And it's like, so, you know, one day I, I learned how to unload the dishwasher. Um, it'll be interesting once I get the brace off to see how functional I am or I'm not. Uh, and when is, when is that happening? The end of June. Okay. And you, so you have to wear the brace for a total of? Three months. Okay. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I feel like other than the fact that I can't bend, mm -hmm. I, I, I feel pretty good. So what? What suggestions or what advice based on your experience, and I'm going to say this orthopedics name incorrectly again, Lupa, yes. Lupta, Kupta, uh, based on your experience with him, and even since you were younger, what advice would you suggest to somebody who is diagnosed with scoliosis as an adult? I would say, first of all, be proactive, um, be an advocate for yourself. If you find a doctor who says it's not important, it's not real, find another one. There are a lot of doctors out there. And I, I, I apologize. There could be somebody in a rural area who has no choices. I have a lot of choices. I'm in the Chicago area. Uh, I can drive. I have a really good insurance. So I, I have that privilege. Mm -hmm. um, but find another doctor. Because it is serious. And it is something that needs to be um, cared for. Um, if you have pain, you know, you need to find somebody who takes you serious. And when somebody tells you it's not pain or wait till it gets better, or it's just in your head, mm -hmm. that's a red flag. To, yeah, it is. It is. And to, you, know what, you need to move on. Um, I, my doctor is actually a neurosurgeon rather than, um, just an orthopedic. And I know there's, you know, there's a different, I always said it was an orthopedic. I needed an orthopedic because it's bones. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also it, your brainstem. So that's neuro. And so he happens to be a neurosurgeon and um, I'm glad I went that direction. Um, I would also say um, if, if surgery is something that you are considering as an adult, um, prepare yourself, read books, um, research, go online. And, and what I did was um, I sought out um, people like yourself who are doing things that I want to do, mm -hmm. who have been where I've been. Um, I got things so that I could reach everything in the shower. 
Um, I put bars on the walls so that I could steady myself. Um, you made it spinal fusion friendly. I did. And so I just, that's what I did to prepare and get, keep my mind busy while I was waiting. And most of it, I could paid off. Okay. Um, I, so I would say, you know, don't let it just pass and don't just say, oh, well, there's nothing I can do and sit back. No, you, there's a lot that can be done. And I still think that, um, you know, pre-fusion, you know, physical exercise like yoga and Pilates are so important, but I, I think you do need to find somebody who specializes in uh, scoliosis. Yeah, because there are people who teach yoga, but they are not specifically uh, certified or it's not designed. Anything. And that's, you know, that's the other thing too, is if, if you find yourself with scoliosis and you're, and as an adult, you need to find other people. Yeah. Um, I did not know. I knew from the age of 15 until recently, I knew one other person who had had scoliosis and um, she had been braced because she was younger than me. We were kind of diagnosed at the same time mm -hmm. and so we would go to crippled children's clinic together and i remember sitting waiting for x-rays together with our dads and um but she was younger and so she had been braced and i guess things were fine um i did not know one single other person which is the isolating factor of scoliosis yeah, yeah. i mean it, yeah and I, I i don't even think the medical community is even that up on it well i found out with physical therapists that so i'm gonna broaden the the spectrum general general physical therapists they learn about 15 minutes 20 minutes about scoliosis and that's it mm -hmm. and that's it and you just kind of go wow i know so and then it makes sense that, sorry go ahead there's just there's so little awareness yeah but then it makes sense why like now uh, Katarina Schroff, the Schroff Institute, which was, you know, diagnosed uh, or discovered, it was created a hundred years ago and it came into the States at about 2006 and there's the Fitz okay. method. Um, they're all now coming to the States, but they've been around some of these, you know, methods mm -hmm. for years. And it's kind of like, that. it's just, it's interesting to see it's interesting and it's, thankful to see how it's evolving right. and as and as you said before i wish that we had had it when we were younger oh yeah if there had been something like that yeah um but yeah i can't you know i can't go there i just have to you know this is where we're at now and we need to move forward move forward yeah. I'm, um and this is okay this is me but like i joined a couple of support groups through facebook mm -hmm one just general scoliosis support group and the other was for those who are over 50. Mm -hmm. um, what I, I caution, warn people about is that there are the majority of people in these groups um, are dealing with chronic pain. In the, at the same time, you find a community, you, there are people out there who have this big, I've seen so many x-rays now and I'm like, wow, I thought I was the only one. Yeah. Um, so at least you have that feeling that you're not the only one. And there's actually, I go on there now every day just to kind of like, I'm going in for surgery today and maybe I can be encouraging to that person. Yeah. Um, because you know what, there's a lot of that needed. There is, agreed. Which leads me to my next point. If somebody would like to get in touch with you, Beth, where can they find you? Um, 
probably the best would be on Instagram, just Beth 65. So just Beth, just Beth 65 on Instagram. Uh-huh. Beth, I thank you for being on today's episode of the T3 Fit Scoliosis podcast. It's been a real treat. You and I have connected a little bit behind the scenes, as I said before, with your previous uh, surgery. And we did a couple of experiments of you getting used to being yeah. used, which was a lot of fun. Um, but thanks for being on the show. Sure. And um, yeah, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, they can get you know through Instagram. And then um, I am looking forward to getting through with this recovery so that I can check out more of what you have to offer with T3Fit. If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.